If you are digging back through the Photo Business Help Catalog, which you must be if you're hearing this message right now, keep in mind that technology changes and our offerings change. So any links that you might hear me mention during this episode you're about to hear may not work anymore. Make sure you head to photobizhelp.com forward slash links for all of our current links and offers. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash links and ignore the things that you hear in this episode today because they might be outdated. Everything you need is at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. There were several points of my life where I went through high depression, you know, but especially the year of 2010, I like to say was the year that almost killed me, but also the year that rebuilt me as a person. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who want to grow in business. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. Since starting Jennings Photo in 2010, growing a photo business has brought me so many opportunities. It's changed my life for the better, and I want that for you too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. There are three essential things that I believe I know Every photographer needs to grow a profitable and more importantly, enjoyable photo biz. Join me for my free training. It's coming up here at the end of June. There's only a couple of spots left and I would love to have you there. I'm going to walk you through what these three things are. We're going to do some exercises, get you excited and on the right track to attract more clients into your business, to have more clarity, and to bring back a little of the joy. Head over to photobizhelp.com forward slash webinar to check out all of the information and to register. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash webinar. I would love to see you there and feel free to share that link with any folks in your community that you think would like a helping hand with their photo business and to connect with other super heart-centered, amazing photographers. One more time, this training is next week, photobizhelp.com forward slash webinar to learn how to grow a successful, profitable, and enjoyable photo business. Today's interview is one of my favorites. It's amazing when you meet someone randomly in the world, and in this case, online, and you connect and align on so many different levels. I can't wait for you to hear this interview, especially those of you struggling with burnout and all of the things that come along with that. So without further ado, this is a two-part interview on the importance of self-care and how to work through burnout. Thank you for listening. Today is a interview episode. I'm really excited to have Ayana Labossier-Burks with me. She is an expert in all things self-care. I, I'm sure you'll do a better job of explaining it than, than I am here. But one of the really cool things about how we met in the internet world and her expertise is that it overlaps a lot with things that you've probably heard me talk about here or in coaching work if you've worked with me before. So without further ado, I will let Ayana introduce herself and say a little bit about what you do. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm so delighted to be here today. 
I am Ayana. You did a great job with my name, by the way. Because <laughs> my my second last name here can be really challenging for people with the French. I am a transformation health coach, and and what that means is I I help people really transform the way that they look at food. So your whole relationship to food, you know, getting past some of the unhealthy relationships that we've created with food over our lifetimes, uh, transform your relationship to exercise. But really, most importantly about what I do is I help people transform their relationships to themselves. And that's where this whole self-care piece comes into play. Um, I've been a teacher and an educator for over 10 years. And, you know, I've also, um, you know, got my master's in special education. I learned the hard way from <laughs> overdoing and, you know, trying to take on too much ending up in the hospital, ending up under with chronic stress uh, situations and health issues. So I'm your girl when it comes to really working on that relationship with ourselves and creating that self-care that we need to be to be successful. Right on. Right on. And uh, we both have a teaching background and graduate work in teaching. So that was yes. something we talked about before, which is super cool. But this That's self-care right. piece and this idea of burnout, I think, is really relevant to this audience, folks trying to start and grow photography businesses and, and usually doing it solo. I mean, most of us don't start out with assistants or second shooters or, mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a really solo thing. And there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure out there from mm -hmm. not just the industry, but just like, as you said, just like our society, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, we're, we've got this, like, we gotta rely on our to do lists and, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. So yes. you had mentioned uh, a few different points that you wanted to cover, you know, as far as burnout goes and um, self care goes, did you did you have anything else that you wanted to jump in? Or should we just dive right into that? Sure. So just real quickly, you know, one of the reasons why I got so obsessed with this work is because I went through it, you know, I, I went through it multiple times in my life. And, you know, I, there were several points of my life where I went through high depression, you know, but especially the year of 2010, I like to say was the year that almost killed me, but also the year that rebuilt me as, as a person. Mm. I was trying to teach. My mom had, um, was diagnosed with Huntington's disease. And I'm not sure if you've heard of that, but it's like, a mix between Parkinson's and dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, so it, you know, really kind of crazy illness and really horrific. Oh, that's hard. And yeah. also like I have a 50, 50 chance of inheriting the gene and also having it myself. So I was coming to terms with all of that. I was coming out of an abusive relationship. I was, and then, um, then that was also the year that one of my best friends was murdered and um, he was only 25 at the time. And it was kind of a, you know, just the year where I was like, okay, that's it. I mean, like, yeah, life is just too much for me. I was like, and I started to feel like I was getting oppressed by everything that was going on around me. And I started to really look at life as just, you know, life is just one big, like pain train, <laughs> like you know, and, and that was, again, so it was so difficult, because I, I felt really overwhelmed. But it, it, it broke me to the point where I was at the point where I felt like if I don't wake up, it's all right. You know, like I'd rather just not wake up and just, you know, pass away in my sleep or something. And that was when my thoughts started to creep towards there is when I started to get scared and started to really look into help and support. So I started, you know, looking into therapy. I started just absorbing every personal development book, audio, you know, like YouTube channel, sure, audio book that I could find and just really engrossing myself in that world. Because I just started to realize I'm like, okay, yes, life is painful. And those things that I was going through, they can be painful. But there's so much other there is a lot of beauty in life. 
And there's so much that I'm adding on to my pain and turning it into suffering by my own thoughts and how I'm looking at everything. So, you know, I learned how to change my self-talk, the things that I could control. Sure. I learned how to change and adapt and control. And that's why I'm so passionate about this stuff today. It saved my life. So here to help others with that. I appreciate that you mentioned that control thing, because I think that it's a common thing that that folks find in situations I know I have in my own life when you feel like everything is out of your control, you know? Yes. Yeah. And recognizing what you can control, which is most often within yourself. Yes. What do you feel brought you? You said you were you were scared of the thoughts um, mm-hmm. of just not kind of being sort of blasé about life. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that brought you specifically to the personal growth stuff? Did you do you remember if like you heard a podcast or like read a book or something that you were like, this really helped me turn the corner? Or was it just mm-hmm. a decision? Well, there were a few things. I think that it was a slow. So once I had those major life epiphanies, there was that moment. There was also a moment where, where specifically with burnout, where I was overworking. So this was a couple years after I'd gone through that epiphany about my own thinking, about my negative self thought, tots. And then when, um, negative self talk. Thank you. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, negative thoughts, but negative self talk. There we go. Negative self thoughts. So that's a thing too, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Combining, there yeah, you yeah. go. So. The, the, with burnout specifically, when I, a, a couple years later, when I was in grad school and I was pregnant, taking care of my mom, photographers and teachers, I'm sure probably have a lot of burnout <laughs> and overworking Ugh. in common. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, working like 60 hours a week and I was in grad school. I mean, it was crazy. I don't even know how I got through all of that now, mm-hmm. but I wound up in the hospital for a week and then out of work for two weeks total because I had pneumonia. And the doctor was asking me, you know, like, hey, you know, what conditions do you have that might be causing this? And I was like, nothing. He's like, you know, 20 somethings don't just get pneumonia. Like, he's like, that means that if there's nothing else underlying, and they did all types of tests, that just means that you're so stressed out, you've compromised your immune system that much. Wow. And I was like, whoa, you know, and that was like a wake up call for me for sure, that this is a real thing. And so I really just started to, you know, I started, um, part of my journey was like reading the four agreements. Um, I don't know how many people are familiar with that, but that I love that book. Yes. The first for people who don't know this, there were a lot of things in there that I was like, what are you talking about? Just forgive everyone. Nothing is (laughs) people aren't really out to get you. So all of these different, it, it just all of these different moments just kind of forced me to have these epiphanies about myself and how I was conducting myself, and really allowed me to be in a place where I was open and receptive to self care, and really trying to actively work against burnout. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that book, The Four Agreements. Don Ruiz. Yes. Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz. I was yes. like, there's a yeah, name yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great book. I haven't read that book in a long time, but I have the four agreements as part of like intentions that I read mm-hmm. um, in the morning. And I think that I think it's just a powerful sort of thing to take around with you. So yes. I'm glad you shared yeah. that. Maybe we'll we'll add it to the show notes. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, let's look at some of the, the four things, the four agreements, the four things <laughs> you had. An, do you have like an, a name for these four items? Just things that you like to speak to or mm-hmm. things related to burnout? I find that these are the things that we do, the ways that the ways that we sabotage ourselves that can lead to burnout. So got it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, whenever you're ready, let's let's dive in. Sure. So this is one of my favorite ones to talk about. This is not having boundaries. 
Actually, they're all my favorites to talk about. But <laughs> yeah, I know. And when you when we chatted about this earlier, I was like, these are all my favorite things. Right. For, for listeners, again, you'll recognize a lot of this stuff because it's been talked about by me on the show a lot. But um, also, it's just it's kind of some of it's at the core of my teaching and coaching. So yes, and yeah. this is why we get along because we it's, we I think we've learned the hard way, and so trying to help folks with this as well too. And the reason why not having boundaries is a big, big issue. It's usually the number one issue that I see presenting with people is not really knowing how to have those boundaries. And just in general, it, it's not our fault. Like our culture really encourages overworking. You know, the US overworks, I think they said like 10 to 20 hours a week more than other uh, developed countries. I believe it. Yeah, it, it's a week more than that. We don't take as much vacation. You know, I think Japan is close. But we don't take as much vacation as many other countries. And then what ends up happening is because our culture is so fixated on work and obsessed with it, it really becomes a way that our validation gets tied up in that. So, so often in our society, right, we introduce ourselves to people. The second thing we ask is, what do you do? Right? (laughs) So what's your name? What do you do? And because of that, so many of us overwork because we don't know who we are without that. And that was my big thing. Oh, that's good. My self-worth was tied up in how much I was working, how busy I was, my to-do list. And once I started to unpack that, I started to find ways for self-care. That's interesting because when, when you said the second thing that people ask is I was, you know, I was thinking that people are like, how are you? And people almost oh, right. always go, busy. I'm so right. busy. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously, those are tied together. I, mm-hmm. I went through a brief period of time. I still try to remember to do it where I was really trying to avoid that word at all costs because mm-hmm. it just wasn't representative of, first of all, that just being busy is not something I'm striving to be, Yeah, even if I am. But that's right. no, that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. That's right. And so as far as boundaries go, like how, how is that tied into sort of identifying with our, our jobs? Well, so what I would say is that if you can separate yourself, we need to separate ourselves from our work, right? Even if we love it, right? And unfortunately, the majority of us don't, right? (laughs) The majority of us, like, I think, you know, depending on which surveys you look at, anywhere from 60 to 80% of people don't love, don't like their jobs at all. So, so right, you know, so can you imagine it's, and it takes up so much of our lives. It's, it's really horrible. But Part of what we have to do is just really learn how to say, Hey, I am not, I am not my job. I'm not only my work and that there are so many other ways that I am like, I'm, I'm powerful. I'm awesome. I do all of these other amazing things. I contribute all these other amazing things just because I like, I deserve a rest. I deserve a break because I exist because I'm human because I'm here. I deserve to have fun and joy. It's not only when this, these 30 things on my to do list are done. It is every day by virtue of me being alive. That's really good. And so maybe an example of a boundary is just making time for yourself. Like I also need to just sit here and read this book for a while and just not not do what what's on my to do list. And that's, that's okay. You know, putting that boundary up between yourself and work. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. And I would, you know, learning delegation, for sure. That became Mm. one of my best friends. I've been terrified of delegation but craving it at the same time. And so many of us, we want that help, but we don't even know where to begin. And a thousand percent. And I finally, you know, I got myself a virtual assistant who's excellent, who just helps me check my emails because my emails are like, <laughs> kind of 
like a graveyard. And she helps me check my emails and just gives me a list of people I need to reply to each day. Even that is just like, and she's helping me organize my emails. Just even that is like really good for my mental health. Being okay with saying no to things, right? We struggle so much with saying no, especially if you're building a business too. It can be really hard to say no to a financial opportunity, especially if it's in the world where you get to set your own schedule, right? It's very easy to overdo, overwork. We get excited about the prospect, but it's just, we also have to know when our mental health needs it, right? Absolutely. No, I think too, this is relevant for photographers specifically, and I've spoken about this a lot, but folks starting out, you'll know who you are. You can feel when you say yes to the wrong stuff. And I think because we can take pictures, we assume that we can take pictures of everything. Like, you want to do this? You know, you're like, mm-hmm. want to do this fashion show? Want to do this mm-hmm. food shoot? Want to do this newborn thing? Want to do this wedding? And and we get committed over our heads because we're excited to get the work and excited mm-hmm. to have the attention. And, mm-hmm. and a small tip that you've heard me say before as well, but when you're starting out, narrow it down and get good at saying no. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just put your focus in one place until you can really nail down your brand, the sort of folks you like to work with, That's the right. level of work that you have time for, um, and you'll, you'll have more fun. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's so funny that you say that because you sound like my business coach from coaching school, <laughs> which was also because I was like, I can coach anyone with these skills, right? Like I have the skill, like I can, and, and, and maybe, but it's just, it's just not feasible. It's just there, you know, when you have no focus, you're just, you become, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. But really, I don't even know if that's like, well, I'm not, I can't remember what the word Jack means in that setting, but you really are not mastering any one thing and you end up feeling scattered in the long run. So I had to learn that the hard way as well. (laughs) That's right. And just marketing yourself, it all just gets convoluted. Like, who am I talking to? What do I want them to do? So that's a whole other podcast, but let's jump into, was was delegation part of boundaries and saying no? That's all part of- Yes, absolutely. So being okay okay with saying no. Also to ask, so when we ask for help, it's from an empowered place. Okay. So that just knowing it's coming from an empowered place. It also helps you grow, right? So if you want to take your business to that next level, asking for help is next level business owner stuff, right? Like the people who are really successful are not just, are not doing it all by themselves. They have help, they have support. And I've always able to increase my income by getting help and support. So not only are you better mental health wise and does it help with burnout, but takes your business to another level. So. It does. It does. And I think burnout, I mean, that's the first thing to sort of manifest is, you know, if you your passion starts to wane, I've used the example of this podcast before, but I used to do all of it. Mm-hmm. I used to do the audio production and scheduling it and the blog posts and the social media. And now I have someone that edits it. And I have someone that takes it from there and does everything else. And it's... um it makes it possible for me to do other things or else there's no way I could keep doing it. And there's nothing wrong with starting out just learning the ropes so that you can hand it off to someone. But I think it's important to recognize that asking for help, as you said, is like, it's an empowering, like amazing thing that you can do for your business. It's not like it's, it's not meant to be like a desperate thing. Like I need help. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, so it's a good thing. Absolutely. And then the other thing, just along with that, when it comes to delegation also to experts only, say that we we only get done maybe about three to six things on our to-do list each day, right? So mm-hmm. I'm a person, you know, I'm a perfectionist in recovery. I'm chronically putting <laughs> way too many things on my to-do list. Like uh-huh. even to this day, like I'm like, oh, I want to do, da-da-da. I'm like, the kids are going to be gone for an hour and a half. Let me, I'm going to do 20 things. And I'm like, okay, Ayana, 
nope, just calm <laughs> down. What are the most important things that need to get done? And along with that, the time management piece is huge for helping you figure out what need, like what you can and cannot get done. Because I, I started to really just investigate how I spent my time. And I just kind of started, you know, really paying attention to productivity experts. And they're like, no, we actually only do this many things a day. So that that those were big things that were able to give me some peace of mind to say what I can realistically get done were the most important things. That's huge. How to use my day to get those done. That's huge. I feel like I could do a ton of podcasts breaking down each one of these because I want to talk about time management and that's oh, a whole yeah. other thing. But oh, yeah. but if you're listening and, and you're feeling like you're not getting through the stuff you want to get through or you don't have enough hours in the day, I highly recommend. I got this from Rachel Rogers, but she probably got it from other people um, that she's worked with. But just keeping taking two weeks and keeping track of everything you do for 15-minute increments mm-hmm. is... Yes massively eye-opening it's a pain in the ass but it's eye-opening so you just have to you have to do it but when you look at it you're like oh like if I want self-care and if I want to you know save the whales and I want to like exercise (laughs) and I want to do all this stuff like I only have this many hours so like how am I going to use it that's right without burning myself out so I think I think it's useful and you do find at least I find that I'm like oh with the exception of Right now I'm going through like a launch. So it's like, ah, but Mm -hmm. with the exception of times like that, I mean, I don't work as many hours as maybe on the face of it, like it would seem because you're just making time for other things. That's right. Absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing what it can open up. Totally. And then also with learning boundaries is learning self-care. So as we talked about, you know, just our physical health is, you know, our mental health, doing these things every day. And experts say that we should have at least 20 minutes a day for ourselves. But I, you know, and I think that's a good place to start. But I challenge you to find more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, because I started with only 20 minutes a day. At first, I felt like, where will I find that time for myself? But it was amazing. You know, I just kind of sat down, looked at everything I was that was going on. And I was like, okay, what realistically, like, what are the the things that have to get done right now at this moment in life, right? Yeah. When I was in grad school, grad school was a part of that. It was a temporary thing. And so just kind of being okay with saying, hey, these things, some things can wait. They don't have to go away forever, right? But they can wait a couple of months or so until I'm out of this busy stage of my life. Or if you're in a place where you feel a little calmer, that's okay too. But just making time, you know, to eat well, to exercise, the better you treat your body, the better you'll be able to handle all of the stress and different things that are going on with you. So yeah, absolutely. Taking time out for walks. Yeah. Exercise. Oh yeah. All of that. Watching shows, mm-hmm. <laughs> reading books, <laughs> podcasts, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, podcasts, yeah. podcasts. <laughs> totally. No, that's, that's all that all resonates. Um, let's jump into number two. Sure. Absolutely. So the next one, oh, this is another great one. I love to talk about, right? Fear. Ah! One of my favorites. I love this one too. <laughs> Now, when we talk about fear, you know, the most common fears that that we come across, and I'll tell you, you know, what the connection is, why this has to do with burnout. But you know, we have, there's so many different fears, but the most common ones that I hear about time and time again, that I saw in my teaching career with students, my own life, my clients, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of feeling like not enough, fear of being judged, imposter syndrome, one of my Mm. favorites. We're good friends, me and imposter syndrome, and fear <laughs> of the unknown. Like all of these fears are my buddy. And I actually, 
in one of my coaching schools had a great anecdote for fear where, you know, we don't want to get rid of fear because we need fear to help keep us alive. But fear, it's kind of like you're in the car. Fear doesn't always have to be in the driver's seat. And no. These fears, they take over. What happens is they can lead us to overwork and overdo because, again, we can start, you know, when you have this imposter syndrome or this fear of failure, it can lead us to work from a place of panic instead of a place of conscious active planning, right? So, and especially when you're trying to make a business. So, I've done this, I've been in, and when you start a business, I mean, it's very like, you know, you're putting your whole soul on the line. That's right. It's very, it's a very vulnerable position to be in. So it's normal to have a lot of fear. But if we don't just kind of recognize how our fear is affecting us, it can also lead us to work from this place of panic and burnout and lead to burnout. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, you know, intentionality and kind of mm-hmm. why am I doing this? You know, like, right. what am I am I doing this because I'm afraid people won't like it? Am I doing this because I like it? Am I doing, you know, and just that difference is huge. You know, it's coming from a place of excitement versus fear. And I have a pretty, you know, pretty solid spiritual background, but I like to mess around with different tools, whether Mm -hmm. it's like Reiki meditation. Mm -hmm. And I love the tarot because I, I approach it from a, a space of using your inner wisdom, like using the cards to sort of trigger things in your self conscious that maybe you need a little help with not yes. not like a divination thing like I see that you're going to win the lottery but instead <laughs> that's not the way that I approach it I approach it uh as just like a yeah an inner work kind of thing mm-hmm. but the reason I'm bringing this up is because you know when you look at like the yin yang thing whatever whatever your cultural background is angels demons whatever mm-hmm. but the light and dark the shadow the fear and the other side of that coin I think can both guide you, right. you know? So if, if that fear is coming up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this because I think they'll like it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can use that as a guidance system. Like, okay, maybe, maybe this isn't where I want to be coming from and kind of pivot from there, which that's a lot of sort of the basis of how I operate with things, but um, a little tangent there. No, that's but- excellent. <laughs> what I love in that also too, is that it's not you're not demanding perfection from yourself. You know, so many people, when they try to take on fear, it's like, okay, they start recognizing that they have fear and then they want to eliminate it. But you're, what you're actually actually saying is way more holistic. It's like, okay, using fear to help me understand what I need to do to move forward, not trying to banish it, right? Not trying to get rid of it because it's a part of us and we need it. So we totally need it. That balance is something I believe really like that's a core of one of my beliefs. It's just, you need that balance. Like you can't have one without the other. And um, that's right. Yeah. The way you approach that is so important in terms of fear being, being a tool or being something that's, that's a bother or something. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And also too, our society is not really, you know, I think we're actually in the space where we're starting to to evolve more towards this, but you know, we haven't really taught how to deal with our emotions, right? <laughs> We're a society oh, yeah. that we, you know, we, we, we've kind of separated out logic versus emotions and we value logic oh, and for people who can't see me, I'm doing air quotes here, <laughs> right? <laughs> logic and emotion. Cause I think, you know, it's just all one, in, you know, like they go hand in hand. I mean, they work together seamlessly and in a beautiful way. And I actually prefer them working together, but you know, really, so we've actually been taught a lot to kind of to not listen to ourselves to to not deal with our emotions as they come up. And so a lot of us like me, right, have to learn how to do these things as an adult or later in life. 
And, you know, so I, I hope and I pray and I think, you know, from what I'm seeing happening in our, our schools, we're starting to teach this thing, teach this more and more to our kids so that they can learn how mm-hmm. to also cope with their emotions as well, too. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I went through a lot of sort of imposter syndrome fear around my spiritual background and being like, what will people think if I'm trying to coach them in business about all this stuff? And it Mm -hmm. turns out that it is a huge foundational piece of any kind of successful. I'm not saying you have to like do a tarot reading every Sunday, but like I'm, you know, whatever tool and they're all tools, whether it's plant medicine or going to church or whatever you whatever your sort of self-care slash spiritual toolbox mm-hmm. is, it is very much related to your business. Absolutely. Whether, 100%. Whether you think it is or not. Oh, so yeah. I'm glad that we're we're going here. My business yeah. rises or falls by my, <laughs> by me taking care of myself or not. So yes. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. And I have a tool to help I'm- with that as well. <laughs> Oh, good, good. Yes. Okay. So this. So we're on. Just to sort of recap, we're, we we started out with um, boundaries, and yes. now we're on number two, which is fear. Yes, delicious fear. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these are, you know, actually tools that I that I used myself. You know, because of teaching background. You know, I don't know if it if you do this as well too. I'm sure you do, but like we just kind of naturally curriculum plan. <laughs> like we just yeah. kind of make stuff all the time, you know? So it's That's like, so I can make a worksheet <laughs> for anything. It's kind of fun. So <laughs> I'm like laughing way off mic here because it's hilarious. <laughs> and so I make worksheets for my clients. I make worksheets for myself and these journaling topics kind of put together, I find are really beneficial for helping to deal with fear and build our self-compassion. So the first prompt is, and I've, I've used these journal prompts myself. I've had clients use them. Some clients who don't like to journal at all, they've actually done it in video form. So they'll kind of like, you know, get their camera out and take a video of themselves saying these things. But the first thing, you know, talking to yourself like a best friend and you give your, the first prompt is about self-forgiveness. So you would say today, or things I forgive myself for. I forgive myself for X because I know I was feeling Y. Next time I will do Z. And oh, I love that. Right. So teacher, so right? With the like leaving the fill <laughs> in the blanks. And I give examples. So if anybody really wants to see how teacher I get on this, I actually have uh, like a free resource on my site. But the f- yeah, and save save some of that for sure. Oh, sure. We'll, we'll get folks. I'd love folks to jump jump over there and, and check out the rest of the prompts because I think that'll be super useful for folks. And then the next prompt, so if you want that free resource, it goes into detail about how you can actually write that because it can be difficult. A lot of people, we don't do this organically, right? A lot of us forgiving ourselves. And then things I'm proud of myself for. So these are big or small. So like same thing with the self-forgiveness things. Mm. Even It could be as small as just not sending an email on time all the way on up to something bigger. The same thing with the things I'm proud of myself for, all of my wins, right? Those are all of the things big and small, right? I'm proud of myself for finally like calling that person back that I said I was going to call all the way on up to the bigger things that happen. And also, and then things I'm grateful for. And again, same thing, big and small. So it could be, I'm grateful for the hug that my four-year-old gave me on up to something bigger. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love that. And we'll have the link to the other, how many prompts were there total? So three. The self-forgiveness. Okay, yeah. let's keep the let's keep the third one a secret, and we'll have the link to that in the show notes. Oh, I gave folks that. Want to check that out? I just gave it. Oh, you gave it. <laughs> oh no, that's, it's okay. That's well, right. I think these are I think these are great. Anyway, um, why did I think there was only two? Oh boy, <laughs> it's okay. This is what happens. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so let's 
in the spirit of getting people excited for more, we have two more of these four self-care topics to cover. And we've been chatting a while. So cut. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed part one of this two-part interview. Stay tuned. Thursday, interview shows drop every Tuesday and Thursday. So they will be out in the same week. You don't want to miss part two. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon. Looking for a professional website for your photography business? Then check out Pro Photo. They offer tons of beautiful designs to choose from and a builder that gives you full control to customize however you'd like so you won't get stuck with a cookie cutter site or have to pay a fortune for a custom one. For listeners of the Photo Business Help podcast, Pro Photo is offering a special introductory rate of only $25 per month for the first 18 months when you sign up using the coupon code PHOTOBIZHELP. I hope you have a beautiful day. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.